0: the high desert in the great American Southwest. I'm Art Bell. Slamming into your radio like a supercharged nanoparticle of unopinion. My name is George i I'm Richard Serrett.
1: This is Connie Willis.
0: I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast AM. It's great to be here.
2: Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. We are two brothers who analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show known as coast to coast a m my name is paul i'm the one who listens to this inexplicable radio show here with my brother hey it's chris and paul i sure am ready for another exciting coast to coast p.m episode today i am too chris and this is actually going to be a coast to coast p.m first because we are going to be covering a open lines with george nori oh wow a georgie open lines We have only covered Art Bell Open Lines until this point, and I thought, we should probably do a George one. That's not fair to George. But you've said that he's completely changed how the Colin episodes go, right? Well, sort of. So... There aren't as many like really awesome theme call-ins. Open lines are more just straight open lines. Anyone can call in and say what they want. Art also used to not have screeners back in the day, right. but he did start to bring on screeners near the end. Um, so these are also fully screened open lines too. So fully screened, but it's a grab bag. It's whatever the caller wants to talk about. Exactly. So we're going to be covering everything from a guy who had the Holy Spirit tell him how to save a cat to a guy who worships Satan. It's an interesting kind of theory on how to do open lines because there was something glorious to, I'm just going to have a bunch of vampires call in tonight. That is, it was just a beautiful, beautiful experience when he did that. Yeah. But the other thing too now is that there are, typical callers who are constantly calling in every night. So you just hear the same voices over and over again, like Mm -hmm. the uh, Bible bullets and beans guy, Cornelius, he's going to be calling in. There's a number of folks who are kind of regulars um, who it makes me wonder how many people are actually calling into coast that these same people are constantly getting on. That's a, that's a very good point. I imagine that the call line has been dwindling over the last few years. Yeah, and even the listenership of Coast has dropped quite a bit. I think yeah. in Art's Say Day, it was, you know, 10 to 20 million people listening a night. I think they're down to like 2 million. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I think 2 to 3 million. Yeah, so it's quite a bit less people listen in general, and I think maybe even less people call in now. Well, there's such a diverse array of individuals doing it now, mm-hmm. right? I mean, back when Art was talking conspiracy theories and aliens on the radio... There was nowhere else you could go for that, really. Like, you had to get into, like, some pretty esoteric small groups to even talk about some of this information. You know, go to weird libraries and and strange backdoor booksellers to get, you know, Project Blue Book about aliens and the government hiding it all. Yeah, and now uh, we got Joe Rogan talking about Bigfoot to, uh, you know, 15 million people. I guess right. Joe Rogan's the new Art Bell? Kind of. I don't know. He's a mix of people. He's he's kind of art. He's kind of Larry King. Yeah. You know, and again, there's a ton of people doing what Joe Rogan does now. So there's just, there's such a an ability for people to branch off and divide and so many different media opportunities that one can take in that there is no real universal voice anymore we don't really have that in our life it's a a, it's a strange thing now when culture takes like full precedent over thing I, i mean i think of barbenheimer that was like The first one that had happened in a decade or something where it was just like, wow, two big movies on the same day. And it was just like, that used to be a Thursday in 2010 on a regular box office weekend. Yeah, it's very rare that we all get on the same page about things. I know people talk about a lot too with like the end of the like mega celebrity Mm -hmm. because now we just have a bunch of micro celebrities. Right. Yeah, Taylor Swift is probably one of the last mega celebrities will ever have yeah and now it's just a bunch of people who i know and i love and no one else knows who the hell i'm talking about ever, which is most of my life yes um but that's the life that i have chosen chris listening to coast to coast am all the time but before we get to those open lines we got to go check in with our good friend tim banal at the coast to coast am blog tim time and my favorite thing when we ever, whenever we say good friend timpanol is that we actually know timpanol now and that's just a good feeling yeah he is a friend he's a he we're not being sarcastic when we say friend of the pod yeah we we actually he's a really cool dude i was glad he was a cool dude because like if he wasn't that would have been so lame but he's a great guy great guy awesome guy we'll have to have him on a few times for the new year yeah and go listen to banal of america his uh his revamped podcast coming there back. you go yeah, little little plug for uh for our boy. Um, so to today's article, Chris, this is actually local to me, which is why I wanted to pick it today. Oh, wow. Actual local news. So this is you yeah. know the local media report. I do know the local media report. It's my local media. It's your local <laughs> media. Impressive. This is this is like 20 minutes away from me. Series of Sasquatch sightings in Virginia community prompt police response. How do you think if you are a police officer? And you get a 911 dispatch call. Paul, uh, we're going to need you to check out a Sasquatch sighting. What is your first response as a police officer, Paul? My, well, my first thought probably is either a crazy person on drugs or it's a bear. Right, yeah. I think that's probably sure. what I yeah. I No part of me would take it seriously. I would be like, why aren't you calling animal protective services or whatever the heck they're called? Like, get the dog catcher in here. I can't help you with Sasquatch. Yeah, get the, get forest services out there. That's their job to protect. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Land, land and fish. That's a wild creature. All these people saying all the human-like qualities of this. This is a creature. Well, from the article, Chris. A series of suspected Sasquatch sightings in Virginia community prompted a local police department to issue a statement, wherein they revealed that the creature was merely a prankster in a costume. Paul, had you heard of these reports of Sasquatch in your area before Tim wrote about it? I actually had not before oh, Tim wrote. No. I, don't, I don't watch the local news. Well, yeah, who does? It's full of trash. Just garbage, garbage stuff usually. But support your local news, Chris. The local <laughs> news is dying. Oh, yeah, local media is pretty much lying to you, but make sure you support it. Make sure to watch it. (laughs) We need it. Pay for local journalism, folks. It's necessary. If we all watch it at the same time, it will get better. Garbage in, garbage out. According to a local media report, the odd flap occurred late last month when several people in the town of Wintergreen either spotted what appeared to be Bigfoot in the wild or inadvertently captured photos of the elusive cryptid by way of their doorbell cameras. Paul, I'm thinking Wintergreen, very minty, fresh place. Super minty, fresh. There's actually a ski resort up there that's really pretty. Yeah. but it's, I haven't been to the ski resort, but I've driven around the ski resort. Because they kind of just let you go in in the summer, which is nice. So it's more of a cooling blast than a winter green. Yes, but it is a very beautiful area up in the mountains. Okay. So uh, overall, also a lot of money you can imagine being next to the ski resort. Can't really afford the property up there. Patreon.com slash Coast to Coast PM. Help me out with that and uh, sign up for two bucks a month. Yeah, but to be honest, if you're going... If you're buying a house in the Virginia ski slopes, are you really that rich? I mean, I guess it's a good point there, Chris, <laughs> uh, but it's still richer yeah, than you, me. <laughs> if you were really wealthy, you would be out in the Colorado Rockies. That's where your second house is. Um, yeah, dude, that's, that's fake wealth. If you're like, oh, I got a ski slope in v- Wintergreen, Virginia, and it's like, get out of here, poor. Well, then I don't don't even know where I land on the spectrum, Chris. We're uh, not on the spectrum, Paul! (laughs) We're not even... We don't belong on the spectrum! Bummer. Bummer. Well, Chris, back to the article. It would seem that the sightings were so prevalent that the word of the weird series of events eventually reached the town's police department, which was forced to take to social media to clear up the matter. Dude, I want to see some of these ring doorbell videos. I'll, I'll pull a picture of it for you in a second. Okay, good. In a post on Facebook, the Wintergreen Police Department explained that the sightings were in fact fake and that the individual beneath the Bigfoot costume was, quote, just trying to have a little fun and create a little lighthearted conversation. So we kind of got a lizard man of South Carolina going on here. This is exactly like the lizard man of South Carolina. Oh, man. Except I think the lizard man of South Carolina was trying to cause a ruckus because didn't, didn't it keep happening? Yeah, the the guy kept on doing it and, like, actually <laughs> attacking is probably the wrong verb to be using here, but, like, attacked regular people's cars and stuff. Yeah, this one's a little more lighthearted. Yeah. <laughs> Extrapolating on the situation to a local TV station, Chief Dennis Russell mused that I think he just wanted to maybe elevate people's happiness during the holiday season. By dressing up as big one. <laughs> i mean i would have been happy <laughs> yeah well some of us would have been some of yeah. us would have been very excited to see a bigfoot come across our ring video camera on our front door yeah well and also i think he was hiking around the trails too up there because there's a lot of good trails and uh if i was out hiking wintergreen i would have freaked out if i saw bigfoot dude that would have made my life i feel like this is a very good way to get shot true although well the you can't like, was in virginia this guy's getting shot immediately yeah now you can't hunt in that area though so i think at least that's a plus but still if someone saw bigfoot it still is a little dangerous there's a lot of guns here yeah that's a very ballsy prank yeah noting that the prankster's antics were not illegal he indicated that while the department did not tell him to stop running around the community dressed as sasquatch the faux bigfoot has likely decided to hang up the costume for now before things take a troubling turn should someone spot him and think they have a chance to take down the fame cryptid at last. Now it ain't illegal, folks, to go around dress up as Bigfoot, but we don't recommend it. <laughs> it's probably not a good idea. Don't go around dressed up as Bigfoot, people. We're going to bring it up in city council next month, the Bigfoot dress-up law. <laughs> but for now, it's perfectly legal, folks. Well, Chris, do you wanna see the local media report?
3: Yeah.
4: Is Bigfoot real? Well, some folks thought they got their answer this week. There were many sightings of a large hairy figure in Wintergreen on the mountain, in wooded areas, even caught on ring cameras. There were so many questions, the Wintergreen Police Department made a post about it. Chief Dennis Russell says it was all staged.
2: Chris, how real does that Bigfoot look to you? That's a very unrealistic Bigfoot (laughs) costume, Paul. The face is so clearly plastic that it (laughs) hurts a little bit. It looks like it got picked up at a Halloween store. That was like, did he spend $150 on that costume? Yes, but he only spent $150 on that costume. Yeah, it's not great. It's not the best. It was most definitely a dude dressed as Bigfoot. There's no confusing that with real Bigfoot. It would be like somebody being like, is a velociraptor running around on Halloween? And it's just one of those guys in one of those blow up costumes. And it's like, (laughs) that's not a velociraptor. That's a man in a velociraptor costume. Can we be honest here, folks? Yep. So that was the Bigfoot sighting uh, in Evergreen near me, Chris. Which here's my thing. In my town, there's actually a Spider-Man, and he shows up to all the events they have downtown because they have a bunch of stuff downtown like any cute little town does, and uh, he, like, hangs out all crouched on, like, different buildings and stuff, and, like, kids take pictures with him, and it's really cute. I think the Bigfoot should do the same thing. I think he needs to start showing up to events as Bigfoot because people would eat that up. Is he a Spider-Man, Paul, or a Man-Spider? He is a Spider Man for he is a certain. Spider-Man. Okay. He is dressed as Peter Parker or Miles Morales. I don't know the difference in their costumes. If I'm being honest, could it also maybe be a lady Spider? Um, uh, Spider Lady poss- possibly. Spider Woman. I don't Spider-girl. think it is, but I don't know how they identify. So okay. you're not I just going ass- to assume their pronouns. I do. I do believe that they like to go by Spider Man. So I'm assuming male Spider. Okay person but if a woman wants to be a spider-man we are okay with that here at coast to coast p.m there's nothing wrong with that all right chris time for some housekeeping you can support the show at patreon.com slash coast to coast p.m where you can sign up for as little as two dollars a month you can contact chris on reddit our coast to coast p.m we have a thriving reddit community You can also contact me, c2cpmpod.gmail.com, and all that will be in the show notes. Um, Anything else, Chris, before we get into the show? Go. All right. So to the January 5th, 2023 Open Lines with George, Nori, Chris, snagging a recent one. This is going to start off with a woman who has kind of a spooky haunted house story. Ooh, spooky January. This was a surprisingly strong start to the open line. So uh, <laughs> shout out to the call screeners.
1: I, I had moved, um, we had moved into a home um, many, many years ago when our daughter was like four. And um, I always got an uncomfortable feeling. And my husband would have killed to own the house. And um, one day I, I noticed there was a room that was painted all black that went through a closet into her room. And um, one day I put her down and she started dancing. And I said, oh, what is that? Where did you learn that? She said, well, Lisa taught it to me uh-huh. it like that. And I said, oh, well, who's Lisa? She said, she lives in my closet. We, uh, I had a neighbor who approached me and said, please don't put water in your pool. And I noticed many dog houses out at the end of the property. She said, every dog who has lived here has died in the pool. And um, my daughter kept talking to this person, Lisa, and one day I had – I'm trying to make this quick. One day I had put her down for a nap, and I always took locks off of doors when she was young. I started to go out of the room, and the door wouldn't open. And I kept pulling and pulling, and I looked back, and she had this look that she could have stared right through me. And she said, can't get out, can you, Mommy? And I started taking the hinges off so I could remove the door. And the, hen- the door released at that point, and she just went into like almost like a coma in her crib.
2: Well, funnily enough, when she first started her story and said, my husband would have killed to have the house, I thought that's where we were going. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now it looked kind of like an Amityville. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He would have killed to have this house. And he did. And he did. (laughs) (laughs) But not quite. Okay, so we got haunted house. Yeah. And here's the thing about buying a house, Chris. They don't have to tell you it's haunted unless you ask. So always make sure to ask if the house is haunted. And if they know something about it, they got to tell you. They got to say something. That's, I think, pretty much standard legal procedure in every state. Yeah, there's actually a um, Supreme Court case. Uh, It's known as like the Ghostbusters case. And it's Stambovsky versus Ackley, and it's from the New York Supreme Court where someone sued the former owner for not disclosing that the house was haunted. That's incredible. And they won. I can't believe. They won? They won. The New York Supreme Court said, as a matter of law, the house is haunted. As a matter of law, the house is haunted. That yep. is on a legal document somewhere. That is on a legal document in New York Supreme Court. Dead That's serious. On- new york is a fake state it's unbelievable <laughs> nothing about it is real so that's perfect yeah because the the idea behind it is that the woman who lived there spent so long hyping up the fact that her house is haunted to the community didn't tell the guy that was buying it uh... and he was like this is going to depreciate the value of the home because literally everyone knows about it they were like news articles and all this stuff and it was never disclosed to him when purchasing now that's fast. That is fascinating. Yeah, because the the owner of the house has admitted that the house is haunted. Yep. That's that's a fascinating, fascinating. Case Isn't that a weird story? Yeah, it's a really weird story. I like it a lot. Poor yeah. guy. Yeah. So she has a little bit more to her story. So her daughter goes into a coma, right? A okay. coma-like yeah. state. So Not she takes good. the daughter to the doctor,
1: and I. Took her to the doctor in town, and he said, would you tell me which house you live in? And I told him, he said, I think we need to arrange to have a parapsychologist come to your
5: home. Wow, the doctor said that.
1: Yes, and the gentleman came to the house, and when he walked in, he said, oh, oh, my God. I said, what? He said, there are seven to eight entities in this home. And he said, there was a mother in a little room down the hall, he said, where a little girl Lisa was beaten to death by her mother. Oh, my God. And I said, uh, I told him what was happening. He said, please, pack your things up, get everything together, get your child out of this house tonight. He said, it is possessed. There is evil here, true evil. I got her out. She started growing up, and she has regressed back into this almost vicious human being who will just sit and stare at you. And
5: How old is she now, Jean?
1: She's 40 now. Is, is
5: Lisa back in her life?
1: You know, I'm not sure because I can't get her to talk. I, I will ask her, you know, what what's going on? Why are you like this? And she'll just look at me and say, you don't really remember things, do you?
2: First thing I got to say, Paul, is I got to get a doctor whose immediate response is, we got to get a parapsychologist in here. <laughs> yeah, who is that doctor? I've never met a doctor like that. I want that doctor that's like, modern medicine has no power against this force that you're dealing with. We're going to need to get a medicine man in here. Do you think, I didn't think normal people knew what a parapsychologist even was. This is not a normal doctor, I have a feeling. Yeah, that's true. I have a feeling that this person (laughs) is like giving you herbal supplements that she's going to, and not necessarily a medically trained doctor. I mean, if I were to just walk up to a person on the street and say, what's a parapsychologist? They probably would not know. That would be like somebody that fixes your head. Yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. All right, so that was that was a, a crazy thing. And then this being has just attached herself to her daughter for 30-something years. Apparently, I think an alternate explanation is that her daughter may just not like her. That's I think that the is feeling the, I best, I the best explanation. Is that, like, she's her daughter's like, you moved me from house to house because you kept on claiming it was haunted. And there was nothing wrong with the house. Lisa was my best friend who lived down the street. What are you talking about? Yeah, I was like, maybe you were just the bad mom. I don't yeah. know, dude. It sounds like your daughter doesn't like you at all. I don't yeah. know if that means that it, she's possessed by a demon. Has been possessed for 30 odd years. But that's an interesting way of grappling with that issue. Yeah. It, my daughter won't talk to me. She's possessed. She's possessed and has been for three decades. Well, so that was our first one, Chris. Um, Our next guy that calls in, he wants to chat a little bit about vaccines. Hot topic. (laughs) Hot topic.
6: You know, George, we've talked in the past before, and this is really important. I'm glad that I have a a minute to talk to you here. Uh, I'm all about solutions. Um, I don't fear anything. I don't have anxiety, because all that does is deplete your copper and we and this planet are so so much depleted human beings of copper and we have way too much iron in us. And that's what's causing a mitochondrial dysfunction. Uh, and, and while I'm able, I wanna be able to spread the word, I wanna save lives and I, I wanna awaken people. And I wanted to talk real briefly about the jab or the shot, the CRISPR technology is able to edit gene editing, stop our gene, shutting our genes off. What that does is that means our immune system cannot work. There's art, synthetic artificial mRNA in it, human diploid cells, host cell DNA. I mean, in the nano, the graphene oxide bad enough, we have something that could strip the graphene oxide out. Satonic signatures in this, in the, uh, in, in the uh, COVID shot, there's a lot of bad, bad stuff. The doctor, who I highly recommend, he's out of Ohio. His name is Dr. Alfonso Monzo. He's, he's a, actually a minister, too. He's electrical engineer and doctor. He's an amazing person.
5: And that's his real name, Alfonso Monzo?
2: Yes, it is. Alfonso Monzo. <laughs> I'm uh, listening to Dr. Flippity Flu. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's saying that we need much more copper in our blood, Paul. You got to protect your copper, Chris. Whenever you get too upset, you lose all your copper. I'm going to be honest. I've never heard somebody preaching that there's too much or we don't have enough copper in our blood. There's a deficit of copper, Paul. That was also a first for me. I really appreciated that. I also don't think that if you go to a doctor named Alfonso Monzo that you should listen to him. That's not real. I didn't know that I needed to be searching for doctors that have rhyming names. Who would rhyme their child's name? How did that happen? That's so incredible. I love it so much. Alfonso Manzo. I don't know what's worse. If that guy chose that name as his moniker or if his parents gave him that. name. Oh, dude, that's a name that you're given for sure. That's just too good. But I'll say, so, you know, talking about things that are corrupting our blood, I'm always happy talking about the corruption and the blood, Paul. But here's the thing. The thing that is corrupting our blood are the immigrants, not (laughs) The immigrants. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But really, though, the thing that's corrupting our blood is plastic. Like, we all have, like, five to 10 pounds of plastic (laughs) in our blood that is actually causing real hormonal imbalances, messing with our telomeres, messing with our ability to reproduce. And this guy is yelling about copper and iron (laughs) as if we're going back 6,000 years and we're talking about the ages. It's like, well, I'm more of a, a copper age fan and my predecessor is more of an iron age fan. Yeah, it's very alchemical, it feels like, where, yeah. you know, I, I need to drink silver nitrate to make myself better. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know if that's your problem, buddy. Much like the uh, Anunnaki, we need more gold in our blood. Or, you know, the, the food that we eat, right? Like all of our processed meat is actually a carcinogen. It's been shown to cause... Right. large amounts of cancer, but we don't really talk about that. It's the copper. It's fine. All, all the fructose corn syrup you're ingesting, but no, it's you have not enough copper in your blood. Well, that's why I do like some conspiracy theorists to go a little wild with um, some of this stuff, but the end result is it gets them to like a more natural state where they want to like make their own food or get locally sourced stuff that doesn't come from like a contained animal farm. And Part of me is a little utilitarian about it, where I'm like, yeah. whatever gets you there, man. What, I mean, it's better for, for you. It's better for the environment. Like, whatever What did gets you we there. say? Directionally right. Yeah. As long as you are directionally <laughs> right, you're on my team. Yeah. So, like, I mean. Again, I don't care how you get there. I don't care how you, if this guy is eating better and exercising because he thinks he needs more copper in his blood. Awesome. Or just generally being less angry of a person, less stressed. He's dealing with his anxiety because he knows the copper loss will be bad for him. Like, yeah, man, take some time for mindfulness. You know what I mean? Like lower that reaction level and we're good. It really has been a funny thing because it's now like the liberals defending the pharmacology megacorps and the conservatives who are anti it. And again, it's both ridiculous reasons why they are now pro those things when they were anti against them. And it was probably silly back then. I just wasn't picking up on it. Yeah. It's just, I feel like it's gotten a lot worse. We're we just define ourselves by needing to contradict the other side. Right. So it's like, whatever they put a stake in the ground on, you have to yeah. disagree with where it's like, honestly, dude, I don't really care if you take the vaccine or not. It's not really going to limit transition. It's just going to make you feel less bad. So it's, it's like, like if, you, it, if you want to do that, fine, whatever. I don't, I don't care. It's like the Harvard crap. You know, you got a president who has been plagiarizing her whole entire life and everybody now wants to argue like who the president and is plagiarism bad or is this racism or whatever. And it's like, this is an elite institution made up of millionaires and billionaires. Why do we care? Yeah. Like, stop talking about it. They're all sycophants. And they're all psychos. I, I don't even click on the articles that have to do with Harvard anymore. Because I'm yeah. like, I don't care what's going on at Harvard. It's one university full of assholes. They're so I don't really ass- feel like dealing with it. Any president of a university is an asshole. They're by all assholes. definition. <laughs> by definition, you had to be the biggest asshole at a university to become the president. And I'm going to tell you now, universities are mostly made up of assholes. So you are the biggest asshole out of all the assholes. Well, Chris, we got to keep moving. We okay. got a lot of topics to cover here. <laughs> we have a caller who said that an alien came to her and gave her some really important information that we need to hear. I Does she actually tell us the information? Oh, yeah, she tells us. Okay, good. Because yeah, yeah. I always feel like we get these people that they get told all these great things. <laughs> But you got to buy the book. You got to buy their book, usually. (laughs) Luckily, this is just a random caller. Okay, good. She spills the beans. This, you need to. You got to spill the beans. (laughs) We got to know. If you have beans to spill, spill them. I I,
4: I had to call you tonight because I, an alien came to me in a dream last night and told me something that is absolutely going to blow your mind, George.
5: Uh Uh-oh, what was it?
4: Can you keep a secret?
5: I sure can. No one's listening.
4: Okay. It was Zaxxon. Now he's nine feet tall. He's got great skin. He's blue. And he's the leader. So I know I can trust what he told me. Now he said that 2024 is the year that the aliens will come to Earth and reveal themselves.
5: This is it.
4: 100%.
5: I believe you, Phil. This this could be it. This could be everything we've been talking about.
4: I wanted to tell you first, because he's going to be coming to me in dreams as we get closer to that date, and he's going to reveal more and more information. What I know so far is they plan to land in Las Vegas on June 10th, okay? And there are crucial preparations that need to be made, and Zaxxon has appointed me the official mothership ambassador and guide, and he says he's going to give me further instructions soon. So I'm going to need your help, George, and I'll I'll keep you uh, informed as I get more information.
5: You've got it, Phil. Whatever you need, my friend.
2: All right, George. Thank you. I kind of doubt that the aliens would pick Las Vegas. Why? That seems like an insane... You're going to touch down in the Sin Capital? Maybe they're bad aliens. Oh, now that's an interesting. They're very hedonistic. Yeah, aliens. they're like, this is where all the crazy stuff happens. It's where they want to be. They they are a very amoral civilization. Or and so they love gambling and prostitution. Or a I mean, if morality is subjective and not a universal law, maybe they do see that as moral and they see the rest of us as amoral. Ooh, so it's all say, about perspective yeah. if you're not indulging your vices then are you actually a conscious being if you're no. not giving yourself to pleasure on a regular basis and you're stopping yourself from receiving pleasure then you're not engaging with the godhead in an active way because the godhead has given us these pleasures. Yeah, you're denying yourself carnal pleasures, which creates a spiritual deficit. Oh. So that's so what they're doing. You're telling me I can fill the god sized hole in my heart with gambling and prostitution and drugs. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, You just have to do enough of it. If you don't feel like it's filling that God-sized hole, do more. Do more of (laughs) those things. Until you feel better. Until the the God-sized hole is filled. That is the official stance of this podcast. Okay. All right. Okay. Then I buy it. The aliens would definitely drop (laughs) in Las Vegas. I mean, it does feel like, I mean, I think that she picked Las Vegas because uh, it is relatively close to Area 51. Right. I'm but sure there's a bunch of, you got, the, people used to go to Vegas to watch nuclear bombs be dropped. Yeah, exactly. So I think that, you know, in my mind, if aliens were to come, they would probably go to D.C., but I'm also not talking to the aliens, so I don't really know what they're thinking. What if that giant bull that they created in Las Vegas is actually the UFO. And it we've be- just been convinced that this giant building that can turn into an eyeball or a smiley face winking at you is some kind of funny thing where we can go watch basketball games or go pay $2,000 to watch YouTube perform. That would be interesting. It just lifts off. But it's actually a UFO. Yeah, I would love that. That's, That's a good one. Okay. Okay. The occult connection with whatever that dome is. I don't even remember the name of it. The big, big, big dome building, I believe is what they're calling it. That that sounds right. Well, next up, Chris, we have our boy Cornelius, who you love. I love Corny, dude. Bible Bullets and Beans. That's the only way I live my life now. (laughs) I didn't know that that was the motto until Corny said it. And I was like, yes, Bibles, Bullets and Beans.
7: I'm going to be quick with it. Um, I was listening to Frank Gaffney. He has securing America on American family radio, mm-hmm. from 10 p.m. Central time to 11 p.m. He had on James Lindsay, who has a miss miss uh, Marxification of education. And this book is about how the communist Chinese have come over here and droves, and like the immigration problem and all like that. So we're slowly being taken over. And that lady from Florida, I, I, I'm glad she's listening to the program. That's why I tell everybody, get your God, guns and gold, Bible bullets and beans, and just get ready. But, uh, my dad, he, before he died, he, I, y'all know he was a Korean War veteran. He said we needed to line that border with nothing but 50 calibers. Shoot them above the head first, shoot them at their feet, and then you know what to do next. I just don't see a good end to this until returns. Now I used to believe in the rapture, but I don't now. But I think the Antichrist is coming. Y'all know what I said about Elon Musk. He wants to put a chip in your hand, in your hand. If that's not the market of beast, I don't know what is. Elon Musk is a good
2: option for the Antichrist, going back to our last episode. It's actually not a bad one. yeah, I, I'm okay with that. Choice. That's a yeah, decent c- choice for Antichrist. I do love the juxtaposition, though, of we should line the border with fifty cows and mow down the immigrants. right. who are to- who are communist Chinese and not Latinos? Yeah, who are clearly communist Chinese. Uh, and this isn't going to be good until Jesus comes back. That just feels like a really violent way to be looking yeah. at this. If he's we, so religious, shoot him above the head, shoot him at the feet, and then take him out with the 50 cow bullet, baby. You Mow know him how down. it goes. I'm like, but I'm just God. thinking this until Jesus comes back and saves us all, and we can live in peace and harmony. <laughs> it's good, good job, kind of messed up, man. Good, good job, Courtney. but I think that is. That is a very strong flavor to Christian Americanism. Yeah. You know, it is that they can, that, that isn't a contradiction to them. You got to protect what's yours. That's what Christ did. He shot any immigrant who came onto his property and he healed all the white people. Thou shall mow down the immigrants. Yes. Yes. Shoot him with those fifty caliber <laughs> machine guns, Paul. Rambo Jesus. Yeah, Rambo Jesus. We all love good Rambo Jesus. Well, that was our boy, Cornelius. <laughs> crazy uh, crazy as always, Corny. Keep it up, baby. Bible bullets and beans. Totally wild, man. Uh, we then get someone who wants to bring up RFK. Oh, okay. Yeah, love RFK. Do we? But that ain't what
8: I called for. I, um, I'm i glad you're having um, Robert Kennedy on because I was going to ask you to have him on. I think that he threw his hat in the ring because he sees his party going so far to the left. If the earth was flat, like someone said on there, they, they would fall off the edge. But anyway, uh, I emailed you to have Dr. Patrick Moore on. A co-founder of Greenpeace, did you get that?
5: Yeah, we got it. We got Uh, it. We're, we're, we're thinking about that.
8: There's also, he wrote me a letter also to read uh, a a few pages about the CO2 coalition, because we got to pay for our CO2 footprint, CO2 ain't even poisonous. You know, we were taught in Catholic school.
5: We had more CO2 during the dinosaur era.
2: See, there you go. See, there you go, George. You know what I'm talking about, damn CO2. CO2. First off, there aren't dinosaurs anymore. That was a long time ago. That might have been perfectly fine back in the day. Doesn't mean things aren't going to change now. Also, I think we have to cover that RFK interview when it happens, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. RFK is a really interesting person for me because he is a candidate of contradictions Mm -hmm. and i that he's the one person that i feel like my friends who are also in this newly fledged i don't know where i belong in politics that he seems to be the first person that they typically go to and they're like, well, I think he has some really interesting th- things to say. And I always say, I think he does have some interesting things to say. Some of them are batshit insane, though. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I just can't stand listening to the man talk because it's like it's it's like Diane Reem. He's got that throat condition and it makes it impossible to listen to him. And so that's why I was like, that's the only reason he's never going to be president not because of the crazy ideas if he, if you couldn't become president because you got crazy ideas we wouldn't have a president but like he's not going to be president because i can't stand listening to him talk yeah he he is difficult to listen to with the with the condition also i don't think that his campaign is going particularly well if he's going on coast to coast am to be honest <laughs> it's a, so it's a bad sign it's not uh, a good sign. Not the best sign, but, uh, you know, I wish him the best. He, well, I mean, he switched over to an independent. It's unlikely that he's going to get on a majority of states, let alone enough states to be viable to win the presidency. I just appreciate some of the firebombs he's thrown out there. Like, oh, yeah, my dad definitely thought the CIA killed JFK. Yeah. I'm like, that's awesome. (laughs) I want more of that. (laughs) And that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Like, he says stuff like that, but then he's like hyper pro Israel and is like, let's bomb the shit out of Gaza. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that, I don't love that. (laughs) It's not, that's not good. You can say you want to support Israel. That's fine. I don't have a problem with politicians who say they want to support Israel. But giving them bombs to commit genocide is where I do put my foot down. That's a good, that's a good line. That's a good line. And, um, and, and RFK is not willing to say that. Yeah. And so I think RFK is, is as compromised as any other politician. Yeah. Well, next, Chris, on a lighter note than uh, genocide, we do have a caller that got a message from the Holy Spirit uh, on how to save his cat.
3: Calling in on the, the hotline. Oh, Jesus. Court, uh, may I address a couple of things? I have the book. Uh, I, I, I always ask it, but you always say yes, so I may as well just get out of the way. Blessed with an angel and a rainbow. And I asked the Holy Spirit uh, to help me write the book. And I believe I, I have a lot of signs that that happened with uh, a lot of 316 showing up from John 316 and some other numbers that came through with the book. But anyway, I... Um, Partly in the book, too, I called one night about animals, and my animal, my cat was, they said he'll last till Monday, they thought. I couldn't afford him. So I found in the Bible, I think it was Proverbs 17, compliments are medicinal. God put that in my brain. When you read that, it doesn't say compliments are medicinal, medicinal, but that's what it amounts to. And the cat lasted another two years. He went to 24 years old.
5: That's amazing.
3: Uh, Yeah, well, compliments are medicinal. It said something about the bones dried up, and I wouldn't have gotten that, but the Lord put that in my brain when I read it. So even that someone with my intelligence would understand it. And it really, and my cat, about a month later, three weeks, a month later, his fur was looking just like he was a young cat. It was amazing the transformation that that he went through with just telling him how beautiful he was every day and what a wonderful cat he was.
2: What a beautiful sentiment, though. Isn't Isn't that so nice? (laughs) And and again, this is what we're talking about. He's directionally right. Like, okay, so he got it from Proverbs. But that is kind of what you get from Proverbs, right? Like compliments are medicinal. Being told nice things is better than being told negative things. And if you have somebody in your life telling you positive things about yourself all the time, you are going to be in a better mental condition. If you are in a better mental condition, your body is actually healthier. If you are actually healthier, then you are actually healthier. Yeah, like, I don't think that God actually came down to this guy and was like, this is how you save your cat. But, like, I tell my dog nice things all the time because I think it's nice to do. I don't know. I just feel like it's good for animals. I feel like animals can sense that. Like, they can sense love and positivity. Literally, petting your dog and looking them in the eyes while you're petting them gives them a dopamine drip they actually get a dopamine drip from that. And so yes. Yes. These things are good if he was spending more time with his cat and loving on his cat more. And you know, again, just the the vibrations of the positive energy probably it I think it does in if if your health is an equation, the, that is adding positivity to the equation. Now, is every time, is it going to be enough to overcome whatever negative element is happening to you? Maybe not, but it could, but it could. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was a delightful one. It just kind of brought me joy where this man calls in to talk about how he helped his cat get better by telling it it. how nice of a cat it was. And that's what I'm saying. You know, sometimes you got to like kind of disregard the silliness because there is real like universal concepts from the coast to coast AM callers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the innocence of a child. Yeah. Very, very similar. Well, Chris, next up, we got someone who's uh, going through a harder time though, um, getting gang stalked and calls in just to let people know how gang stalking is in fact real.
0: And I, back in 2013 realized as crazy as it sounds that I, in fact, had been placed for reasons unknown under surveillance. And I soon did a lot of research and discovered something called stealth personnel technology, which would be more commonly known as invisibility suits. And what is very interesting Hmm. is it's kind of tied into that phenomenon called gang stalking. And when you watch videos online about people who say they've been victimized by gang stalkers, they're always portrayed as being neurotic, paranoid, mentally deficient. And I'm telling you, gang stalking is a real thing. And when I had mentioned the license plates uh, with respect to your other guest.
5: And that's a good idea, by the way. That was a great idea of yours.
0: Well, actually, it was such a good idea. Defense Intelligence Agency sent a lieutenant colonel to Buffalo to interview me about how I figured out how to break two forms of invisibility technology and how I identified the people who were perpetrating this around me in traffic and around my home. Paul, I'm going to be 100% honest with you.
2: I didn't know gang stalking was a thing until you did the episode about gang stalking. Yeah, it's like a really big phenomenon. There's like this whole group of people who think they're getting gang stalked. Huge subculture. And for those of you who don't know, gang stalking is the Truman Show. You are the like central figure. And when you go out and about, like everything is created for your, I'm not going to say entertainment, but to trick you. Yeah, like you go to the gas station, everyone that's there is an actor there for your benefit as part of this like weird social experiment slash military experiment slash surveillance program. Right. There's a lot of different reasons people give for it. Yes. But it's all fake. Right. And you're the, the center, And you know it's fake, but you can't prove it. Right. Which honestly, dude, sounds like a terrifying thing to experience. I couldn't imagine living my life that way. I I've read now several posts from people claiming that they're being gang stalked. And it is a fever dream. Yeah. It is an absolute fever dream. And these people are living this way every single day of their lives. It's terrifying. It sounds legitimately awful, and, like, it, it would be debilitating Like, I don't know if yeah. I would be able to hold down a normal job. Um, but that's the thing about gang-stalking, too, is that a lot of the people who um, are being gang-stalked, it's not just, like, some crazy dude on the side of the street. It's, like, a lot of normal people who have right. normal, you know, nine-to-five yeah. jobs believe they're being gang-stalked. Right. So, you know, very scary. Next up, Chris, we have someone who calls in about Planet X. Yeah. A.K. Nibiru. I was gonna say our favorite planet. Yes, for those of you who don't recall, Planet X is basically a giant planet that just swings around Earth every what two thousand or so years. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's thousands of years, whatever it is. There, there could be aliens on it that used Earth to be mined for gold. or yeah, the like, Anunnaki. The Anunnaki live on Nibiru. Yeah, so there's a lot of different theories about it, um, but we'll we'll listen to this particular caller uh, on this. Planet X
9: thing, you remember when you had David Mead on there several times? Yeah. And he was he was given dates for this, to, when it was going to come around, and when it was going to be here, and the sex on Earth. And he had me literally running around saying, hey, the sky's falling. And, and <laughs> every time he had a date, he'd change it, and nothing showed up. And so I kind of lost, you know, credibility to his uh, reporting. And sure. then he had another guy on there after that talked about the, the south pole being pulled up by planet x when it gets close enough and then you know the, the equator being north and south instead of you know bir- so i was going that direction thinking maybe this guy's got the right the right uh
7: statistics
9: and then the guy you had on this week uh had a lot of it linked up with uh, theology you know or a biblical uh, connection and but yet george where are the pictures where is the proof of this planet
5: Unless they're hiding it, Phil, that's a great question. Now, Zechariah Sitchin said that Planet X Nibiru comes around every 3,600 years. Sitchin's not with us anymore. The guest I had on earlier said it every 2,200 years. But that's still, you know, 2,000 to 3,600 years. That's a long time. I don't think they've seen it. I don't think they've seen it. I don't think modern technology has been around at that time.
2: Do do they give dates on when it's supposed to come back around? A lot of folks do. It's different for each person. Um, The one that they were referencing who was recently on the show was saying that it's going to come back around in, um, I think it was 2033. It's exactly 2000 years after Jesus died is what they said. So that also is going to be the white throne and revelations that Jesus is going to be on when he comes back to earth. We should be able to see it then, theoretically. That was exactly my thought, and I think what this guy was getting at is like, why can't we see it if it's 10 years away? Right. It's. It sounds like it's pretty close then. Yeah, it's relatively, it's close, it should be, well, maybe not. Maybe not, I was going to say it should be closer to Pluto, but depending on the speeds and the angular trajectories and stuff like that, I don't know how far away it could possibly be. But theoretically, we would be able to see a giant planet-like thing hurtling towards us. Yes, especially if it's white. I just feel like it would stand out and reflect the sun pretty well. Yeah, uh, but that has not happened that I'm aware of. The other option is, is that NASA is photoshopping it out of its pictures. Um, nice. But, so that's that's an that's an option. But there are some really high powered, um, uh, like commercial telescopes that you can buy too at this point, where I right. feel like you'd still be able to notice it. Yeah, we got guys taking pictures of galaxies. Yeah. i think they would notice a planet that shouldn't be there so i don't know maybe uh the it might be swooping in and stopping them whenever they try to post it online but we'll we'll have to wait and see chris if Nibiru comes around i was thinking about doing that episode but honestly that guy was not that interesting um but right. that was my favorite part about it was that jesus was going to be on the planet when it came back i was like that's, that's kind of right. awesome i mean yeah. very very mormon yeah, very, very Mormon. Actually, very you're Mormon. right. <laughs> and everyone gets a planet. Yeah, and you get a planet, and you get a planet, dude. What if the Mormons are right? I'm gonna be so jealous if they all get planets, and the rest of us are just stuck in hell. Uh, if at uh, anything, they should be the ones who are right. They're the <laughs> only. They're the only people doing well in America anymore. Or that's the Mormons. true. And they're uh, very well prepped for the for the apocalypse. Their 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 population is growing. They're the they're evangelizing like crazy. And about half of the American government is Mormon now. And they're all over TikTok. They are so popular as influencers, too. They're smashing. Because they eat healthy and exercise. Yeah, they're all beautiful. I don't know how this happens. They kept the bloodline clean. God damn it. God damn it. All right. Well, with that, Chris, we're gonna close the show out on a scale. Of one to five giant white Nibiru planets with Jesus on it, what do you give our open lines today? I'm going to give it a four and a half. I had a blast. I thought George did a good job. There is something particularly fascinating with doing an open lines and not giving any definition, not giving any kind of, Prompt as to what people are going to be talking about, because you get a whole range and mix of of the whole realm of possibilities when it comes to paranormal and conspiracy dude. And that's one of the things I love the most. I love hearing like a new idea, and we get to talk about it for a minute and a new idea, and we get to talk about it for a minute. You know, one of my qualms with art in some of his open lines that we've done is that art gets stuck on something. Yeah. right like i'm thinking particularly of the vampire ones and he got like super focused on were were they trying to take sex from you were they <laughs> sexing you all the time what what <laughs> about the sex that the vampire was committing on you and i was like all right stop with the sex stuff it's weird he was really into if the vampire tried to have sex with you it, it's a, every single time somebody <laughs> at, called and yeah. had a vampire story it was like But what about the sex of the vampire? Were they sexing you with sex? And I was like, all right, stop, please. Just let the person talk. Let them do their bit, please. And so like that got in the way sometimes. Like art could get in the way of, I think, some really hilarious and sometimes interesting people coming on. Now, granted, sometimes the people didn't help either. But again, every clip you played, when the person got to talk about what they wanted to talk about and George just kind of opened it up and just start talking, dude, I thought it was pretty good most of the time. Yeah, and I think that's also where George thrives more is George legitimately loves his listeners like he loves them. The man is on Christmas night You know what I mean? Like he does not take off for Christmas because he knows that a lot of his listeners are lonely on Christmas. Yeah. So he he makes sure that all major holidays he is on. Right. Um. And to me, it just it shows like his his appreciation, his affinity for the listeners. At one point, someone asks him if he ever plans on retiring, and he said that he plans on continuing to go until he's done, like until he dies. Yeah. Until he dies. this man loves what he does, and yep. it's it's because of the listeners, so right? I, I think you're right. it's it's kind of when he he perks up a little bit it 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 was really fascinating, and he does seem more engaged on, yeah, but I think it's again, with us, the same thing with us, it's like there's something really fascinating, never really knowing what you're going to talk about next, yeah. and people do have really interesting ideas. And listening to them and like them, we just get this little snippet of their personal lore of their personal belief system. And I, that's my favorite thing in the world is listening to what people believe and why they believe it. Yeah. And because I think it helps me make my ideas clear and think, you know, like, like the guy saying in Proverbs, I, I learned that, compliments are medicinal yeah that's a great way to put it that's a great way to put it and i'm now going to think compliments are medicinal
3: you hey, know what i mean I it's smoke a great my, way of
2: moving through the world i smoke my medicinal pot and i give my compo- my medicinal compliments yeah just go tell someone that their shirt's nice today right yeah tell, yeah i really like your hat yes you know what? That was a really funny joke. You're a funny guy. <laughs> you're you're a funny guy. you're a funny guy funny like a clown. You <laughs> amuse me. Well, with that, i'm gonna I'm gonna give it like a three out of five, I think. Um, I really enjoyed some of the colors. I thought that. First caller was a really interesting start with the spooky ghost story. Yeah. She sort of lost me when she was like, and now my daughter won't talk to me, so she must be possessed. <laughs> it got it got it got sad towards yeah, the end. Was like, I wasn't Ooh. I wasn't ready for it to be that sad. I'm sorry about that. But there were some really there were some really fun ones and uh some of the regulars called in, which was great to to see. But overall, uh remember to check your copper levels, very yes. important. Very um, important. And give some compliments today because uh, it's all about the vibes out there. That will be it for Coast to Coast PM. We will see you next week. All conspiracy, all the time. Later.